You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Ephesians chapter number 4, please. Verse number 1, just for the sake of time, let me read quickly. I'll pray and we'll jump right into the message here that God's laid on our heart. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Father, I pray that you'll add your blessing now to the reading of the Word of God. We thank you for already what we've experienced in this place, the early service, the Sunday school hour, the music, the choir, the special... Uh, Lord, the taking of the offering, thank you for all of these means and modes of worship. Lord, you are worthy of everything today. Lord, we started off by singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And Lord, today I pray that now in the message, in the preaching, that we would be able to tie all of this together and may we determine how to have a holy walk, a worthy walk. And may it be so today, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. A worthy walk. We saw it in in verse number one there. Paul is commissioning us, and he's not just talking to pastors. We sometimes look at the word vocation, and we think about biblically. Well, it must just be talking about the the office of the pastor. Uh, You don't find that here. Ephesians Ephesians really was written to a local church, written to a congregation of of believers, just like the congregation of Victory Baptist Church of Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. And so he gets in chapter 4, verse 1, and he says, Now, I'm talking to you as as a body of believers. And I want you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Everybody in this room has a calling placed upon your life by God. That calling may not be to to preach the gospel full time. That calling may not be to be a missionary or to be an evangelist or a Christian school teacher. But may I say to you that whatever realm in which you are, you say, well, I'm just a a lay person, we might say. That's not a Bible word, but you understand what I mean by that. I'm just a church attender. I I, I work uh, as an electrician, or I'm a nurse, or uh, I work over uh, here at the the, the fuel station, or I deliver things, whatever it is. May I say to you, that's what you do to make a living. But the calling I'm talking about this morning is about your spiritual walk. And we obviously have a physical walk, but the spiritual walk is to overshadow everything we do in the physical realm. I said in the early uh, service uh, there, just by introduction, I, I love to walk. I, I'm, I try to be a healthy person. My wife and I, we, we try to walk about five, uh, five out of the seven days. We try to at least walk for an hour. And, you know, I enjoy that. My wife and I, when we go together, we'll talk and, or, or she'll talk and I'll listen, however the case may be. And, and uh, I'll say, yes, dear, you know, not my head up and down. And, and sometimes if I go alone, I'll maybe listen to some preaching or do a podcast or maybe get some Bible reading in. I, I love just being out in the fresh air. I love enjoying the, the uh, uh, being outdoors and just breathing in. It just, just invigorates me. And I think all of us would agree that walking is a very healthy exercise, right? It gets your, your heart moving there. And I, try, I can walk about four miles in, in the hour that we kind of have designated there. So I, it's kind of a, a little bit of a brisk walk. In fact, when my, well, when my wife goes, we walk two miles. Uh, you know, honey, your legs are longer than mine. Right? You've got to slow down just a little bit. Uh, but my point is, is that walking is very good for the heart. 
And can I just say as we speak this morning about our spiritual walk, that it's likewise good for your heart as well. Amen? Having a worthy walk. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about walking, and I won't spend uh, even as much time as maybe I did in the early service there. But the word walk is found all throughout the Scriptures. First time it's found where the Lord, the voice of the Lord God is walking in the garden. He's coming to find Adam and Eve. Remember that? They had taken of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they were hiding because of their sin. They were naked and they tried to cover some fig leaves and here's God walking in the garden. Adam, Adam, wherefore art thou Adam? That's the very first time that we see this concept of walking. The next time that we see walking is, is two famous stories. It's found in Genesis 5 and Genesis 6. A man named Enoch and a man named Noah three times in just very few verses there the Bible says and Enoch do you know the phrase walked with God and Noah walked with God well I just I wonder this morning how's your walk with God how is your walk? I'm not talking about the physical walk. I'm not talking whether you got some exercise this morning. Uh, that's a whole nother sermon, amen? But my point is, is that God cares about you walking with Him. I hope that you had some Bible time this morning. Oh, I know, it's Sunday. We're coming for the preaching, and, and the, the pastor, or that guest speaker that I've never heard of before, he's supposed to do my walking with God for me. Oh, no, no. I cannot walk with God for you. Your walk with God is personal, amen? Amen. I about killed myself in the early hour, and I just about killed myself here. We need wider steps or, or a deeper something here, amen? That's been a problem, preaching out everywhere. Everything's different, right? It's not where it's supposed to be, right? You know, when you preach somewhere, I was there 18 years in one place, nine years in another place, you kind of get used to where everything is. But my point is, is that God cares about your walk with Him. In fact, it was said about Enoch's walk in Hebrews 11 that his walk or his testimony pleased God. Can I ask you a question? Does your walk please God? How you walk, where you walk, with whom you walk, who you don't walk with. You see, we're going to discuss all of these things this morning and, and we're going to, going to see what, what Paul is talking about here of having a worthy walk. Uh, the Old Testament talks about walking in all the ways of the Lord thy God. The ways that he commanded you uh, uh, to walk. Uh, we saw in Samuel about how two boys walked not according to the commandments of the Lord, Hophni and Phinehas. And obviously God brought judgment upon them. These were Eli's two sons. And they did not walk where they should have walked. But the one that followed them, do you know who his name was? A little boy named Samuel, right? Grew up uh, there uh, in the, uh, under the high priest to Eli's in the temple there. And the Bible said about Samuel that he was a faithful high priest who will, here it is, walk before his anointed forever. Don't tell me God doesn't care about how you walk. The walk all through the scriptures is so vitally important. Uh, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Right? Psalm 1, verse number 1. How about Proverbs? Oh, that great book of instruction. Well, Proverbs says, uh, walk in the way of good men. Uh, he that walketh uprightly walketh surely. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. I don't know about you, but I want to have the kind of walk that God looks down on and he says, that pleases me. Let me say it this way. According to the text, that's a worthy walk right there. That is a walk that is worthy of a believer. And that's where I'm going with this, uh, with this uh, message uh, here this morning. And so we find in, in the book of Ephesians, and I want you to go back to chapter number 2. Would you please with me? And we're going to kind of stay in the book of Ephesians. If you're a note taker, when we get to the, the gist of the message, I'll have you write down oh, five or six words that begin with the letter H here 
of the kind of walk that we are speaking of here this morning. But I want you to notice in context, in chapter number 2, in verse number 1, and the Bible says, And you hath he quickened, who, notice this, were dead in trespasses and sins. Now watch verse 2. We're going to find the word walked here. Wherein in time past ye, talk to me church, what word next? Ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit. Notice that's a small s spirit. Not talking about God's spirit. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. Sometimes the word conversation in our New Testament is our lifestyle, our manner of living. Can I say this? The way we walk. That's what he's talking about here. Uh, he says, uh, in your conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desire desires of the flesh and of the mind that were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now watch. So the first time we find the word walked in Ephesians. Now I've given you in the introduction a lot of other times in our Bible, Old Testament and New Testament about walking. We're going to kind of key in on the book of Ephesians. The first time it's mentioned here is talking about our previous walk, our prior walk. May I say this way? Our walk before we knew Jesus, right? Before we were saved. He says in verse number 1, he says, You were dead in trespasses and sins. But how many of you know that when Jesus Christ come on, comes onto the scene in your life and the blood of Jesus Christ washes your sin and by faith and trust in Him, how many of you know that you are resurrected like Jesus Christ from being dead to walking with Christ alive as can be? Not because of who you are, but because of who you put your faith and trust in. So Ephesians is talking about here, you used to walk in disobedience, you used to walk in death. You were dead in trespasses and sins. Look this way. Can I just give you a little visual illustration? The people that are in this world that we rub shoulders with every single day that know not Jesus Christ, it's almost as if they're walking zombies, right? The walking dead. Oh, yeah, they're going about their deal. They're working their jobs. They're getting married. They're having f seemingly fun. They're, they're doing all of these things. They're partying and they're living how they want to live. But God says they're walking in death. I don't know about you. I don't want to walk in death. I'd like to walk in life, right? We mentioned baptism just a moment ago. Wasn't that wonderful to see that precious little girl get baptized? You know what Romans 6 says about that? That The Bible says that the picture of baptism is that your sins were buried. Now, not that that water washes away your sin. Only the blood of Jesus Christ washes your sin away. But the picture of buried with Him in death and raised to walk in what? Newness of life. Raised to what? Walk. Look, that little girl got out of that baptistry physically and she's going to walk through life. But she's not walking alone. She's not walking dead. She's walking in the light and life of Jesus Christ. May I ask you, are you walking in that same light? Are you walking in that same life? How is your walk this morning? And so we find the walk of death and the world and the spirit and disobedience and, and the, the lust and the desires, all that we just read in verse number 3. But look at verse number 4. First two words, church, say them to me real loud. Ready? But God. <laughs> but God who's rich in mercy. Aren't you glad there was a God 
who loved you enough, who loved the whole world enough to send Jesus Christ to be the Savior of all mankind. Aren't you glad God stepped in and brought you back to life? Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus is the giver of life and the, uh, the enabler of your walk in life? But God steps in. We go to verses 8 and 9. I'm just trying to show it to you in context. Very familiar verses. For by grace... I think you can say it with me. Let's see if we can quote it. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. How many of you are familiar with that verse or you've used that verse in soul winning? That's a great salvation verse, right? Talking about being saved. Talking about coming from death to life. Talking about what kind of walk we're supposed to have. Guess what? Chapter 2, verse number 10 follows those two great verses that we just read. Those great verses about salvation. Notice why you're saved. Look at verse 10 with me, would you please? Second to, uh, Ephesians 2, now verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto... Next two words, church. Created, no, everybody look this way. That, that verse did not say that you're saved by good works. Didn't say that, did it? It didn't say you've you got to do enough good over to, uh, to uh, overcompensate with all the bad that you've done and, and, and one day you're going to get to heaven. This is what the world thinks. One day you're going to get to, to this other place and there's going to be the God, the judge of all the earth. Even if there is a God, I'm not even sure, you know, and, and all your good's going to be here and all your bad's going to... That's not biblical. Amen. You're saved one way and one way only, and that's by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Nothing to do with good works, right? Titus 3, 5, and this is not a salvation message per se, but I wanted to make sure that I'm clear. But what I want you to see, look at verse 10. Here's what I want you to see. Is that after our salvation, because verse 10 follows verses 8 and 9, right? That's a great, you got to write that down. Take notes on that, right? 10 always follows 9, right? All right, here we go. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should... How about that? God cares about your walk. And guess what? He says, I saved you so you can walk a certain way. Amen. I saved you so you could walk in good works. That's what verse 10 says. Not to, keep your, not to get your salvation, not to keep your salvation, but because of my salvation, because when I got in that baptistry, I identified with Jesus Christ. Je aren't you glad Jesus didn't stay dead in the tomb? Aren't you glad he arose from the grave? Amen. So in his power of resurrection, we have that same power of resurrection through Christ that we can walk a different way than we used to walk. How many of you, when you got saved, things changed? Can I see your hand? Huh? Come on now. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I was talking to my brother over here who was playing the, the bass right there before church. And, and where, where are you at, my friend? Where, where'd he go? Did he leave? All right, he's over here. How come you're not sitting over there where you were playing? All right. Maybe because your wife's over here. Is that right? It's always a good thing to come where your wife is, right? You told me you used to play bad music. You used to play music of the world, music that you would maybe uh, never play in church and maybe even ashamed of. But when you got saved, things changed. Amen. Amen. His walk is different. Come on now. Should your walk be different? Amen. How about my walk? How about the walk of our church as a, as a whole? I'm so tired of this world looking at church people and call them a bunch of hypocrites and, and, and they look at how people live and they have a, a bad reputation for who Jesus is. My friend, listen to me. I believe it's so important that we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. So we come to our text this morning. Look with me. Let's go quickly to chapter number 4 and our text. All of that was introduction, okay? 
I promise you the message is not as long as the introduction, all right? So stay with me. So what kind of walk is this? Look at chapter 4, verse number 1. Some of you, I haven't even gotten you to smile yet, all right? So I'm trying to do everything that I can to at least get a little, maybe it's a grimace. A grimace will work as well, all right? And, uh, you know, some of you are like, okay, who is this guy? He says he's from West Virginia, but he lives in Jersey. He must be dumb, you know? Uh, why would anybody live, live in Jersey? I'll tell you why. I got a grandbaby in Jersey, so that's the reason why, amen? Look at chapter 4, verse number 1. Therefore... I, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, here it is, that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. The word vocation there is the word klesis, the Greek word, the klesis in our, in our, in our New Testament. And it means an occupation or an employment, a calling, an invitation, a summons. I think Paul is summonsing us here. And again, I said in the beginning of the message, this is not pastors. He's not speaking just to preachers here. It's not, the, not the, what we would call the vocation of the pastorate, all right, or the full-time ministry. He's talking to every Christian here. And he says, walk worthy of the vocation, of the klesis, the calling. I'm summonsing you. I've given you an invitation is what he's saying. Will you answer that invitation to show up and walk with God? Remember, we said that earlier in the message, right? Enoch walked with God. Noah, uh, did, did Noah get an invitation from God to, to do something? Yeah, go build an ark. After 120 years, is he still doing what God told him to do? Absolutely. He's a preacher of righteousness. All right, now, Noah, Noah, get on the boat. Get all those animals on the boat. Get your family on the boat. The boat closes up. Look, Noah walked with God. Noah, Noah uh, uh, did what God told him to do. I love it in Genesis. I got a whole sermon on it. Thus did Noah. <laughs> Thus did Noah. Every one of us need to walk according to the plan, the vocation, the calling, the invitation, the summons that he has given all of us. But what does that walk look like? What kind of a walk is this to be? Well, notice the word worthy. Do you see that in verse 1? Beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So here, here's the outline. Number one, I want you to see this is first a holy walk. H-O-L-Y. It's a holy walk. You say, preacher, how, how do you get holy out of that? Would you please stay with me and may I, may I use the message here? May I teach you something here? The word worthy in our English King James Bible right here comes from the Greek word axios, axios. The word means as becometh after a godly sort. The word means deserving as equivalent to the thing deserved or having qualities equal in value to. Now stay with me. In the English language, our King James Bible, the word worthy is an adverb, okay? If you know anything about English... It's talking about what kind of a walk. walk. Walk walk how? How am I supposed to walk? Well, worthy, if the word worthy here is defined in our Bible as becoming after a godly sort, may I ask you, what is one of the great, what, one of the great character traits of our God? And I'll give you a hint. And we sang about it at the first song just a little while ago. Among all of his other traits, what's one that kind of comes to the top more than anything else about God? He is... Thank you. Holy. You lit, I finally got most of you here, all right? Holy. We sang it. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I don't know about you, but I felt some worship when we sang that. I, I, I felt some awe and some honor that I would be able to know a God in a very personal way. How many of you are saved to know God in a personal way? 
who is holy. Now, wait a minute, can I ask you a question? Are we holy? Of ourselves, are we holy? Do we have any holiness by which to try to give to the Lord? Absolutely not. So here's the, here's the key. Here's what I want you to get. So the word worthy here, to walk worthy, to walk as becometh after a godly sort, deserving only as equivalent as the thing deserved. Now watch me. Who is it that deserve, Who is the only one that can deserve the term to be called holy? God, right? But he says, I want you to walk worthy after a godly sort in that you are mimicking or imitating that which is the only one that deserves to be called holy, which is God. So here's the only way I can walk worthy, and that is to walk as holy as I can in the power of a holy God. For my Bible says in 1 Peter 1, He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Isn't that what God said? Isn't that the command that God gave us? We're supposed to walk worthy or walk holy, not because of who I am, not because of what I have, but because of who He is and what He has given to me. I can walk in a holy way, not in my own power, not in my own strength, but in His. 1 Thessalonians 2, in verse number 12, he says that ye would walk worthy of God. Now, let me just stop right there. I don't think any of us would say I'm worthy of God. I'm not worthy of his, of his love. I'm not worthy of salvation. I'm not worthy of heaven. Someone say amen right there. I'm not worthy of all the benefits that he gives to me. I'm not worthy to have had a wife for 33 years and two daughters and two sons-in-law and a grandson and clothes on my back and, and uh, a shelter over my head. I'm not, I'm not worthy of any of that. But he says, but in me you can walk worthy because of what I have given. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above from the Father of lights with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. Every good thing that God's given you, He's given and it's come from Him. So, so I can understand the, the giving of gifts. I can understand the blessings and the benefits of God because of who God is. Well, that's the way I can understand holiness. Because God's called me. He's called me to, be, to walk worthy of Him who hath called you into His kingdom and glory. Uh, Colossians 1, verse number 10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work. I don't know about you. Everything that I do, I, I want it to please the Lord, right? Amen. Now, how many of you know sometimes we walk through life and things we do don't please Him, sure. right? Do every day, of the, anybody else here in the same boat with me? I mess up every day of my life, right? None of us are perfect. None of us can be holy as of our own merit, but in God and in His power and in His strength and walking His path and walking worthy of the vocation, then I can say, Lord, I want to walk worthy of You in a holy manner. You said I'm supposed to walk worthy, holy in my conversation. My lifestyle, my manner of life, what I do, who I do it with, where I go, where I don't go. See, those are choices we can make. You and I, we can make choices to put ourselves on a more holy path. Does that make sense? Because we choose, we walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, right? But I'm going to walk with wise men. Those are choices that I make that place me to be worthy of the calling, worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Let me, let me quickly give you number two here. Go back to our text here, Ephesians 4. And I think we've uh, kind of dis described and, and uh, discussed uh, verse 1 here pretty thoroughly. Let's get to verse number 2. With all lowliness and meekness, 
And notice there's no period after verse number one. So this thought of walking worthy is continuing. How do I walk worthy? I walk, uh, first, it's a holy walk. But I'm walking with lowliness. I'm walking with meekness, with long-suffering. I'm forbearing. So number two, if you're taking notes, not only is it a holy walk, it's a humble walk. It's a humble walk. It's not, hey, God, look at me, you know. Aren't you glad you got me? Aren't you glad I'm, you know, signed up for your team? No, no. We're nothing. We're nothing but by the grace of God. Amen. It's a humble walk. I'm to walk. This is not a pride here. This is not, hey, look at, look at how I'm walking. No, we already have said the only way I can walk is through his power and strength anyway. I am nothing without him. So, so if anybody starts bragging on you, you better deflect that very quickly and put that praise back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because so immediately he says, now here's, what, here's how that, that uh, walk looks like. It looks, it looks pretty lowly. Uh, did Jesus come lowly? Sure he did, remember? Came in the form of a man, right? In the, made in the likeness of men, right? Philippians chapter number 2. Hey, this was the, the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Son of God, the Messiah. And he was born to a little virgin as a little baby, right? He was laid in a manger. He came in the form and fashion as a man. Oh, yet without sin. I'm just trying to say, Jesus was our ultimate example of how to walk humbly. And he was the Son of God, Look, if the Son of God can walk with humility, don't you think all the other sons of men ought to walk with humility? Amen. I want to be a humble person, right? Lord, please, please use me. Oh, God, please. I don't want to ever think that I've done something or this or that. And let's be honest. Sometimes we get this in our spiritual realm. Well, I've been doing something for 30 years, and I've done this, and I've done... I've been, and we've got to be careful about that because sometimes that can build us up where we don't have the humble walk that we should. He speaks there of of lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, and forbearing. Does not the Bible say, Take heed where ye stand, lest ye fall. Thirdly, it's a helping walk. Notice uh, verse 2, it talks about forbearing one another. It's a helping walk. Uh, just for the sake of time, can I go to number 4? It's a healing walk. I, I want to speak to your church here just a, a brief second here. Notice in verse 3, Endeavoring. Now, if I endeavor to do something, that means that I'm, I'm paying attention to it. I, I want this to happen. I'm endeavoring it to be. Endeavoring to keep the... What's the next word, church? The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, in my outline, I'm calling this a healing walk. It's a part of this walking worthy. It's a healing walk. How many of you know that unity in a church can sometimes be destroyed? How many know that unity can sometimes be fractured? Sometimes there can be a little rift, right? There could be a, a problem. To be quite honest, the last church that I pastored, I, when I became the pastor, they had gone through a very, very difficult season. I won't get into all of it, but they were without a pastor for seven months. This was a large church. They were running 1,000 people. And when I finally got there, it was running 700. 300 people had left, divided disunity. And that's where God called me. And, and uh, I went kicking and screaming from a church that I'd been for 18 years and didn't want to go. But how many of you know the, per the perfect will of God is always perfect, right? And so as I came to that church, one of the things I had to deal with was disunity. And often we would come to verses like this, endeavoring to, now notice, endeavoring to keep the unity. You better keep the unity you have here. That's the point I'm trying to make. I feel like this is a very unified church. Thank God that you don't have, 
you know, like Corinthians, I'm a Paul and I'm of Apollos and I'm a Cephas and I'm here and the envies and strife and I don't feel that spirit in here. But you better be careful because Satan would love to bring that spirit in here. So there better be some worthy walking going on. Amen. There better be some healing walking going on to make sure that never happens. Make sure that never, never bitterness comes into your heart or your mind. Be careful that there's never uh, aught between another brother or sister or maybe even something, watch this, between you and your pastor. And sometimes it goes the other way, preacher. I'm finding sometimes pastors, they get hurt, and so they get bitter at the congregation, and it comes out in their preaching, and that's, that's not what a church is supposed to be. We're to be unified in the Spirit of God. And he says, endeavoring to keep it. That's my message to you. I don't think you have disunity here, but may I say a worthy walk will help you to never have disunity here because there's a helping, healing walk. Number five, it's a heartfelt walk in chapter 5, verse 2. I'm trying to find a place to land the plane here. Here we go. Chapter 5, verse number 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for, an offer, uh, for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling savor. Notice that word love there. It's heartfelt. That's my word, heartfelt. Heartfelt walk. Can I just say to you, and that, can, can I tie that back? That's how you keep unities if you love each other in the, in the bond of, of, of Christ. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Not physically, because brothers and sisters fight like cats and dogs, right? Love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. You're bought by the same blood. Come on now. Hey, hey, you can't get along with someone down here. You're going to have to live with them for all of eternity in heaven. You ever thought about that? Maybe we ought to practice a little better of a better walk right here, a heartfelt walk. Can I ask you a question? Do you love the people in this church? Do you love your fellow Christian brothers and sisters? Do you love your pastor? Do you love the staff? Do you love these, these dedicated Christian school teachers? God bless uh, these, these ladies, especially, and single ladies sometimes, and, and, and all of this. And I've had big Christian schools, and I understand the sacrifice. And, and thank God for them. Hey, show them some love. Show them some love. Hey, let Miss Nash know, wherever she is here, I just uh, talked with her, uh, and I know her mom and dad. We went to Bible college together years and years ago. Uh, look, look, let these people that have come in and serving the Lord in this place, let them know they're loved. Let it be a heartfelt love, a heartfelt walk. Number six, it's a heritage walk. In verse 8, walk as children of light. Chapter 5, verse 8, walk as children of light. And again, I don't have time to, to develop this, but as dear children, both physically and spiritually. I'm so glad that my daughters this morning are both married to Christian men. They're both uh, in church this morning. They're both probably finishing church uh, uh, right now. Thank God that they uh, both went to Bible college, and that's where they found their spouses. And, and I thank God for that. That's a, a spiritual uh, heritage that has been given. Why? They're walking as children, right? My physical children, but my spiritual children. I had the privilege of leading both of my daughters to Christ before they were both at the age of five. I love that. I love that, that heritage that was passed down to me from my mom and dad and now passing down to my generation. And may I say to you that we walk as children of light and we spread that heritage throughout this local church. Lastly, and I'm done, would you go to chapter 5 and verse 15? This is the last verse here. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, that ye walk circumspectly, Number seven, lastly, if you're taking notes, it's a heeding walk. A heeding, H-E-E-D-I-N-G. To heed, to listen, to pay attention to. 
To walk circumspectly. Listen to me and I'm done. You know, often we, it seems like we just kind of walk through life and we just kind of want to keep our head down and just kind of put our blinders on and we don't want to be affected by everything else that we see. And, and there's a time for focus and I get all of that. But it seems like that maybe we just kind of walk and we do our own thing. But here the Bible says walk circumspectly. Okay? The word spect, spectly has to do with spectacles, right? The way we see, our vision, right? Circum has to do with around, a circumference of something. So that word circ- uh, uh, circumspectly means that I'm walking, looking around. I'm walking like this. Now, why would it be important that I walk like this? Well, because 1 Peter chapter 5 reminds us, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil walketh about. Oh, oh, he walks too. Come on now. Did you notice that? He's walking too. And while you're walking, he's walking, but his walk is to destroy you. Walking about seeking whom he may devour. And so we better walk circumspectly throughout life walking according to the plan of God and the will of God. Oh, Lord, a humble walk. I don't want to get proud about this thing. Lord, I got some kids coming in my heritage behind me. Do you see how that our walk is so vitally important and that we walk worthy according to the vocation wherewith we are called? So this morning, as we close, my Bible is shut. Do you see that? You know what that means when a preacher shuts his Bible? Absolutely nothing, right? Uh, Anyway, we've come to the end of our message. Number one, are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? That first walk that we spoke of about being dead in trespasses and sins and now is made alive, why? So you can walk that Christian path? Well, it's got to start, first of all, with trust and faith in Christ. So if you don't know Christ is your Savior, in just a moment at the invitation, as soon as that invitation starts playing, why don't you come? Let somebody deal with you. Not, not, not from my words or his words or, you know, the dogma of, of Victory Baptist Church. What does the Bible say? What's the Word of God say about how to be saved? That's first and foremost. But secondly, and I would say that probably the majority of this crowd are Christians. And we've talked to you about our walk, the kind of walk. This morning, maybe you need to come and find a place at the altar and say, Lord, my, my walk has not been maybe where it should have been or how it should have been. I'm not walking worthy. Lord, there's some areas of my life, let's be honest, that just aren't holy. And Lord, I can't be holy in and of myself. I I can only be holy because you are worthy of that holiness and that is your character. And as I become more like you, then I can walk like you. And maybe this morning, the walk, your walk, needs to have a little bit of adjustment. That's what an altar is about. That's what responding to an invitation is all about. And I would ask you to allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead you in this manner. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.